If you have your Bible, I'm going to invite you to open it in Psalm 126. And we'll also be reading uh, out of John 1, the first five verses. And uh, what I would like to emphasize this morning is joy. As we are called to be there when Jesus was born. And, uh, but let's look at the Psalm 126 as we read the word of God. And please listen to and for the word of the Lord out of Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back his exiles from Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang with joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy! Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, my Lord God, I will give you thanks forever. The word of the Lord. In the Gospel of John, we, we, we're going to read one of the most amazing psalms. And it is a psalm because uh, the Gospel writer borrowed it from the liturgy that was taking place in that first century. And it was borrowed and it was written because it clarified who was Jesus and who was Jesus in relation to God the Creator. Listen to and for the word of the Lord as we read John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. In the beginning the word existed already. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. And this word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness can never, can never extinguish it. The word of the Lord. I have been sharing with you in the last few uh, weeks, two weeks that we've been in Advent, of a new topic about who was there. And we're asking ourselves the question, who was there that first Christmas? Who was there? Who did God orchestrate it in such a way that people from the north, the south, the east, and the west, people from several segments of society and the culture of the first century were able to be there? Who was there? Well, the first Sunday we found out that the uh, voices of antiquities were there. The voices of all the prophecies that thousands and hundreds of years before Christ was born, they foretold of a child to be born in Bethlehem. It foretold of a child to be the Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. It foretold that a star was going to shine and announce. So when we discovered the first Sunday, who was there? We were there. 
We were there in expectation of that God's promises would become true. We were there hoping that, that the promises of old, the voices of antiquity, would sometime, as we read in our, in our cult to worship, at the proper time, God sent God's own Son. So we were there in expectation of hope of a Redeemer. Last Sunday, we asked ourselves the question, who was there also? And we found out that there were strangers and aliens. Oh, in the form of angels. And that they had been walking around the lands for some period and they had been disrupting uh, poor Zechariah's ministry. As for 400 years before the angels showed up in front of Zechariah, there was no word from God. For 400 years. That is called the intertestamental period. The period of history between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And God reveals God's self in the form of Gabriel the angel to Zechariah who is a priest and he doesn't believe the word of God. Oh boy. He missed it. But God in God's mercy kept on fulfilling the promises. So who was there? The strangers and aliens. Well, the angels were there and the angels came with a mission to bring great news of great joy. We also found out last week that we were strangers and aliens, right, Suzanne? We are strangers and aliens in this land. We are strangers and aliens and we know it because our mind, our hearts just doesn't fit with the whole thing here. We belong to the kingdom of God. So we are strangers and aliens also, but guess what? As the angels were strangers and aliens, and as we are strangers and aliens, those angels that were strangers and aliens came down with a message. So are we, strangers and aliens, sent out with a message of hope, with a message of faith, with a message of joy, good news of great joy. We are responsible. Today I want to briefly share with you who was there. Who was also there in that in that evening during those days when Mary was carrying the child and, and, and I realized how I was reminded not long ago when I was looking at, 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 at uh, Onika and at Courtney in their last few days as they began to do the penguin walk <laughs> with their babies with Savannah and Marley which we not, and they were holding their bellies and they would come here and Courtney, who always sits in the front, is the one that I noticed. So she would just, boom, and take a deep breath. Can you imagine that without the cars? Girl, without the AC? Well, Mary went through that. See? But who was there? The story tells us that there were shepherds out in the field. And the shepherds were taking care of their sheep. But why did the angels go to the shepherds? Well, let me tell you one thing. These people were not really nice people, the shepherds. Have you heard of tax collectors in the first century? And have you heard it in social strata? If you were a tax collector, you were at the bottom. Guess who was above the tax collectors? By one ranking. The shepherds. Yeah, poor guys. They had a rap. No group of people in all of Israel was held in such moral contempt than the shepherds. 
they were said to have strange behavior with their animals. In the first century, no mother would desire their son to be a shepherd, and no mother would even desire their daughter to marry a shepherd. God forbid. Shepherds were despised. Shepherds were not even allowed to go into the temple. They weren't even allowed to go into the holy places. Think of that announcement that the Messiah came to, just thinking about the announcement of the Messiah was given to the shepherds. Right there, there's very little credibility of it all. Shepherds were treated like a napkin after a dinner in a fast food place. You see, they were broken and rejected by their society. So who was there? The broken and rejected. The disposable napkin only worth until dirty. The broken toy doll which is tucked away and put away because no longer anyone wants to play with it because it's broken. The unemployed who seeks and seeks and finds meager and unjust unemployment situations. Broken and rejected. Just needing to be accepted. Who was there but the homebound whose life has been cut off from society and now experiences long hours staring at walls at meaningless pictures and images in the TV? Broken and rejected. The mentally ill who feared and fears rejection. Broken and rejected. The immigrant who blesses us with their labor but we don't want them to be part of our society. Broken and rejected. You see, when people feel broken and rejected, they respond in one or two ways, or several ways. They respond in despondency. They lose hope. They become frustrated. And there is a great deal of lack of trust. Are we not seeing it in the news these days? But the story reminds us that the angels were sent to this broken and rejected people. Remind that. Remember that. The first ones who heard the great news of great joy were actually those who were broken and rejected. You see, God preferred to send this announcement not to the rich and powerful of the days, but to the lowest of the lowest, to the shepherds. And you see, Jesus himself of all the, the amazing and so anti-intuitive ways of God, Jesus was later called our good shepherd. What? What a reputation with that title, our good shepherd. You see, because Jesus experienced the same brokenness. Jesus understands being rejected. Jesus understands being rejected, understands being resented, understands being misunderstood, treated with prejudice and injustice. And even unjust profiling. Scripture tells us that he was broken for our iniquities. That he suffered and he was broken for our sins. That he came to his own and his own rejected him. But little did they know that the stone that the builders rejected would become the cornerstone. As he himself reminds us in Luke. The broken and rejected have dark nights. 
The broken and rejected experience darkness, experience frustration, but joy comes in the morning. Today, the good news of great joy is, not, is now being proclaimed to the broken and the rejected of the 21st century. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing, says the prophet. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and closed me with joy. Allow me, please, this privilege, because I know this as a child in Spanish, as my grandparent put it in my, in my brain. Has cambiado mi lamento en baile. Me vestiste de alegría, oh Señor. Por lo tanto, ante ti cantaré por siempre. That's Isaiah 40:11 in Spanish. But God called him who was rejected the good shepherd, the shepherd of our journey, who feeds, who carries, and gently leads you and I into God's presence. The prophet also said, For he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his own arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Who was there? Oh, the broken and rejected, just needing to be accepted. Who was there? The baby who was born in a manger but would die on a cross. Who was there? The shepherd, the shepherd, which scripture calls the good shepherd. By the way, that is a picture of an African Jesus carrying the sheep in a classic American painting also. But who was there? Have any of you ever experienced brokenness? Have any of you ever experienced rejection? Yeah? We all have experienced this brokenness. We all have experienced that rejection. But listen to this. Scripture says that in the brokenness of our hearts, that's where God joins us. That in the brokenness of our hearts, because the Lord desires a broken, in the old version would say, contrite spirit. So it is in the brokenness of our lives that we can see the shepherd calling us. If we're busy, like next week, people that we're going to find, find out about, we're busy doing, doing, and doing, and not listening or stopping to reflect what's life all about, we'll miss the boat. The light shines in your Darkness. But guess what, my sisters and brothers? But the darkness can never extinguish the light of God in your hearts. Amen? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for the light of Christ. We thank you that we were there. We thank you that we were there. Broken and rejected also. And we thank you that you're putting us together because you love us and have accepted us unconditional. Amen.